Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Hey, hello? Hello, hello? Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh... Uh, just chilling on the school night. How you doing? I am doing okay. I'm live streaming uh, because it's my job to do so. Uh, give us whatever name you'd like to be called, your pronouns, and then let's get to it. All right. Uh, oh, you can call me Nicholas uh, and he, him are my pronouns. And uh, yeah. So what do you have on your mind, Nicholas? All right. So, uh... It's, I'm gonna start off with like a small anecdote, if that's okay. Yeah. I don't wanna, it won't be too long. Okay, so, um, so I go to I go to you know a university in Texas here. Um, I'm from Dallas, and I remember one of the weirdest things that happened to me is when I went to university. Uh, you know, my mom's crying at my graduation and stuff. I go, I learn. I'm in criminal justice, and I'm learning how about how fucked up the criminal justice system is. I come back. I try to explain like how fucked we've been by it. And uh, he just, it doesn't really connect with her. Uh, one time my mom was telling me about a time that she went out to dinner with a friend. And the friend's daughter was there with her boyfriend. And the friend's daughter uh, started kind of talking about, you know, systemic racism. The friend's daughter is white, by the way. So <laughs> he starts talking to the my mom about, you know, systemic racism and how you know the black community has been fucked and she ran into the same problem that i did there's a little bit of a disconnect there uh and not one that you would expect going into a space where you know you kind of expect like this stuff to be like common knowledge or or you know accepted um so remember when you were talking with uh professor flowers you said something about you guys kind of had a little disagreement about like staying in your lane uh and I kind of want to bring that back up because something that this white daughter <laughs> kind of <laughs> did accidentally with my mom is she kind of stepped out of her lane and, and tried to kind of make it seem like she knew more about the black experience than my mom did. And from a statistical and analytical viewpoint, you know, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, my mom just is kind of like uninformed about the shit. But the same time there's also like the personalized experience of being black which you cannot kind of just take the statistics and then play over you know because then you run the risk of offending people and that's kind of what i wanted to talk to you about is kind of like courtesy and how do we kind of uh, uh navigate these lanes and ex accept that they exist in a way that's like realistic because i know that you kind of pruning your uh fan base I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, you're kind of like getting your fan base ready to go out and canvas and, and organize and get them involved in like all types of cool shit like mutual aid. But when it involves going into marginalized communities, they have to realize that there's a way to talk to people about information that they're a little bit, you know, opposed to about insulting them and possibly disenfranchising them further. So, Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I certainly hope that if we're doing any canvassing, nobody in my audience would insult the people that we're uh, <laughs> trying to, uh, you know, trying to um, curry the vote from. Uh, yes. 
yeah, I, 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 that would be, I think, bad strategy on a number of levels. Um, what do you, what do you think specifically the issue is here? Do you, or so prescriptively, I guess, like in terms of my community or my behavior, what issues do you take with, um, with what's been done? Well, um, like I said, uh, you know, I was watching the Professor Flowers debate, and first of all, you know, regardless of what any of these people say, I fully accept that you're not an anti-Semite or, or a, you know, a pedophile or any of that type of shit. I think that shit is wild. But one thing that she did kind of hit on that I kind of resonated with is that, yes, uh, and this kind of goes back to the no-name tweet as well, um, there's kind of a an issue where... We have, because I organize a lot, you know, and there's kind of an issue where we have where we have like white, uh, not even like leftists all the time, but like white liberals. They'll come into you know these uh, ghettos and they're they're here to you know do their uh, their missionary achievement, and they kind of pretend to know more about you know, black issues than black people do because you know the black people there might not have access to you know the statistics and might not have access to all the information. So they kind of overstep that boundary by asserting that they know more in a kind of paternalistic fashion. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that. And uh, I, I noticed that like when I was watching the Professor Flowers chat, you know, I, I saw in chat, like a lot of people were kind of like opposed to this idea that that happens you know, kind of just kind of like downplaying it or being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Or all this does is make white people more anxious about participating, you know what I'm saying, in, in organizing in marginalized communities and stuff like that. And I just, I can't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Just like actually like going out and organizing and, and, and seeing this stuff, like as it happens, I have like too many anecdotes about like just how you know, sometimes not even necessarily just white people, but white people who aren't from, a, or, or people who aren't from a certain area going into another area, not knowing enough about the culture and not asking enough questions uh, to to really have a foothold in, in moving people left to do what they need to do to, you know, have their own autonomy and stuff. So it's kind of like something that I notice. I'll acknowledge that there's a pretty big difference between being educated on an issue and being able to speak on that issue with people of a different socio-political background without making a fool of yourself or invalidating their experiences. It's definitely a skill. I guess the issue that I have is that it seems like there's been an, uh, an, an overreaction to an initial existing problem, which has ended up creating a separate secondary problem, and we've gotten no closer to the real solution. The initial problem are like well-meaning liberals with a sort of paternalistic attitude towards race issues, usually white, who will speak with or about black issues, um, and they'll do so in a way which projects a kind of authoritative intent uh, that can come off as uh, misguided at best and oftentimes uh, quite alienating for people who are actually black or people familiar with the issues. The issue is that I feel the, the counter argument to that sometimes has been too severe. The idea that white should stay in their lane, that white people should focus on white people problems, etc. You should always listen to marginalized people and not speak when they're speaking. And the problem we have there is that we've created kind of the opposite issue 
or you have a bunch of people who are too checked out to even comment on these problems. Like if they're white, they feel it's not their right to, which I don't find an acceptable outcome. And sometimes they do even more damage downstream by paternalistically gatekeeping access to these topics for other people, regardless of whether they're white. So online right now, for example, there are a ton of people who are not Jews calling my Jewish followers anti-Semites for recognizing the fact that historical discrimination did put Jews in disproportionate places in certain elements of German uh, Germany's financial sector. There are non-black people on Twitter calling black followers of mine racist uh, for saying that uh, it's not okay to commit an ethnic cleansing against people who share a race with your colonizers 300 years ago. So I feel like the overcorrection here has led to its own set of problems. So my solution to this is ignore the race entirely uh, with regards to who can participate, but acknowledge it as a, uh, a factor in your pre-existing biases, you know. Um, Anyone should be able to speak on any issue, but you have to take into consideration the fact that if you're white and you have had very different experiences than people of some groups, that you should be, you know, more careful or more reflective before engaging with this stuff. And for what it's worth, I think my audience does that because with Professor Flower stuff, she was out of her lane. She was talking about indigenous issues. She's not indigenous, right? So in terms of that discussion, I feel like we both have equal credence to just bowl over each other rhetorically. But the times that we've had people on who talk about more lived experience type stuff, you know, we've done that with indigenous people, people, you know, black people, whatever. Uh, usually when that happens, there's a greater degree of deference offered because even though I don't think lived experience is everything, it is something and it's something that I don't have with regards to many of their experiences so th that's the approach that i take if it comes off as chauvinistic i feel like that's because often i'm arguing against the people who are promoting the bad version of the idea than it is because i'm arguing against the idea that lived experiences should be taken into account at all uh, and that's another thing i was about to say like yeah it, it sometimes it does kind of like because i understand you know it can be very frustrating maybe arguing with somebody who has the views of somebody like professor flowers and then some, sometimes in for the for the for the laws you know what i'm saying it's kind of like it, it ends up becoming an issue of uh, uh sometimes like you you miss like key details of like what i kind of described which you acknowledge is a real issue you know what i'm saying the paternalism and and kind of the uh indifference to these uh, racial boundaries and lines but it, it kind of comes down to like you know are we kind of able to say okay person made a valid point in the midst of that without kind of like overstepping it uh but but going back you know and sort of talking about uh what it's like to you know not gatekeeping people based on their race to organize i don't believe that that's the thing that people should do at all uh, but what I will say, you know, in regards to No Name's tweet, and I don't really know the surrounding tweets or the context of that tweet in particular. Uh, I'm not on social media like that, but uh, I did kind of agree with the sentiment that uh, we should have sort of not necessarily like that. There's a concern of white people in in black marginalized communities over like the trailer park, you know. Oh, so. Those places really do exist. Um, so, like, let's say, I, I rarely see, you know, like, uh, uh, organizations, at least in Dallas, 
you know, it might be different in other places, but in Dallas specifically, usually the white poor spaces in Dallas get completely and utterly ignored. And all of the white people who are leftist come to the black neighborhoods to do their organizing. And when they come, usually they don't really come with a... Uh, um, the, the a, a good type of concern like I, I very sloppy shit but like i remember one time i was working on a community garden and we're shoveling compost it's my first time kind of like leading people into doing this process and, and you know and i was there and usually all the people who live in that neighborhood they're on board they're doing this because they realize that we live in a food desert and not people have and people have to drive 40 minutes to get good produce so like it's important to us but the people who come from outside of the neighborhood, inside of the neighborhood, and they're sitting over there talking, you know, not really participating, not really being engaged, and not taking it seriously, you know? Um, and maybe it's because it's not like a present issue to them. Like, maybe it's kind of like, oh, well, we showed up, and then that's fine. But what about, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they would feel more connected to the issue if it was in their own neighborhood or with people who understand what it's like to be white in America, which I imagine is also kind of a torturous experience for the same reasons it's torturous to be a black person in America. Do you understand like what I'm getting at with that? Yeah, of course. The The issue is, I don't know if there's a way to correct for that perfectly, because I, I, I feel like mm. I, at the end of the day, and I'm saying this as a white person who grew up in a very nice neighborhood, um, the way like poverty and blackness um, are experienced by a lot of people who then go on to be like white leftists is in alternates between like criminalized and degraded and highly fetishized and like um, like pity farmed basically that there's yes, this yes. Co this whiplash between like conservative media that will you know treat it like the source of all problems in America and then like usually sympathetic liberal media that'll, you know, uh, it, of course there's nothing wrong with being sympathetic, but it, it turns into like this, you know, paternalistic, oh, you can help, you know, five cents gives one De Detroit kid an extra PB&J sandwich before school, so on. Um, and, and, and that can definitely fuck with a lot of people's perspectives. I don't deny that. It's just the way No Name went about that, like, man, if, if you're going to be talking about, like, No Name's done some weird stuff before, the whole, like, not doing concerts because white people were showing up, even though the people, like, the people showing up were the ones who paid for the concert, so they were definitely fans for music, you know? Um, sure. Like, that's pretty weird. And, th and then, like, I, I guess when you're talking about something as complicated as essentially white people check your privilege before you help black people out with black issues. Like there are so many ways to phrase that and so many ways to go about that. And the worst way to go about that is like whitey stay in your lane. And I feel like that's the road she chose. And I feel like that's probably because no name is more motivated by personal spite against white people or a kind of maybe not spite, um, disillusionment, uh, than, than by like, a. A, a, a very affirmative, you know, like social justice perspective, which why wouldn't she be right? Like she's, a, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she's a celebrity. She's not like a professor of, you know, social justice or whatever. Like we wouldn't expect her language to be perfectly accommodating of social good. But there were definitely issues with that, right? Yeah, like I think that <laughs> uh, it's kind of a uh, promise. I'm not having a joker moment. Okay, mm -hmm. basically. I think that it's, it reminds me of my sister a lot. 
Um, my sister is a you know she's a black woman, and you know there's a fire there for sure. Uh, but I think that probably just comes with just like the frustration, how difficult that is. Something I didn't understand for a long time. I used to be very annoyed by it, you know, about like kind of how vitriolic or, or snappy. Uh, she could be in regards to like race issues or like talking about white people and stuff like that. But I understand it more now as like kind of like a venting or a coping mechanism. Oh, it sometimes feels I'm powerful fine. to say, you know what I'm saying? Like white people stay in your lane when you li- your whole live experience as a black woman as a nation is like shitty as hell, especially no name, somebody who was born in like Southside Chicago you know, you know, it's it's like it's, no, I get that, but there's a pretty yeah. big difference between doing that interpersonally with friends and tweeting that as like a celebrity, right? I mean, like, uh, yeah. like I don't think there's anything inherently misogynistic about like complaining about women after going on a bad date, but I definitely would take issue with like a you know a major celebrity complaining about women as a concept on Twitter, right? I mean, it's like, there's there's a pretty big yeah. difference in context in terms of like the audience, how it might be received. Um, and it's people don't just take like, it as venting either. Yeah, it's not the same as though, like, like if, let's say, if I know, I, I, I hate doing this, but like, if a white person did that in reverse, you know, like, it's not me, like, justifiable. No, in, no, in it's, it's, it's definitely not as socially harmful. I, I think that in yeah. terms of like where in our brains it comes from, it's basically the same, just less severe and less socially harmful. Because I, w- when I was younger, especially in college, I was under the impression that like the the bad, harmful systemic racism was came from this like unique part of the brain that it was about hate and it was irrational. But then like the kind of casual, like less harmful anti-white tendencies, prejudices some black people have came from a different part and that it was fine and that it was, you know, the, the gasp of the oppressed and so on. But experience has taught me it's basically the same that people who, when frustrated or down on their luck, will like blame white people if they're black in, in an irrational way, like not blame white supremacy, but blame white people, you know? That's yeah. it comes from the same place in the brain. The only difference really is how socially harmful it is, right? Because that's what people who are racist against black people think. They think like, well, I'm down on my shit because like black people are doing X or Y. Like to, they're not right. thinking in their head like, oh, this is extra irrational. This is extra hateful. It, it comes from the same impulse. This is what I will say. This is what I will say. Okay, like uh, you know, as far as like, it's not individual white people. What I'm, and I'm not saying that like white people as individuals are pushing racism forward, but I don't know how to describe it. I was like, sound, I don't want to get eaten up by chat or anything, but white people kind of are a little annoying on a day to day when you're like kind of forced into spaces. Oh, we're, oh, we're, you're, you're just, you're, yeah, like you're bombarded by microaggressions. But hey, like, hey, can I be, like, can I like, be 100% real with you? walk through a really poor inner city neighborhood and spend 10 years doing that. And some people are going to get some real bad impressions of black people too, because poverty and desperation mm. bears bad hey, personalities of a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But I'm not even talking about just like poor white people. Like, yeah, poor white people are racist or whatever, but I live in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Texas has a different and special type of racism. If you go to Alabama, they'll just straight up call you. I don't know if I can say it on the stream, but you know, <laughs> they'll just like straight up be mean racist to you. Yeah. In Texas, you have to deal with the nice 
races. Not right, what I'm saying so far as colorblind. Yeah. yeah, like those type of people. The but only like, point example, I'm getting at is that it's not essentialist. Yeah. Socioeconomic yeah, forces yeah, conspire. No, 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 no. Right, right. Well, that, well, right, well, that's always my issue. When you take... There's a huge difference between taking issue with like the socioeconomic forces that bring about certain groups of people to act certain ways and being essentialist oh. about it. The issue is that often they get conflated and ambiguous language trends towards essentialization. So for example, right now, and I, I'm I, to, to bear out the clips myself, I will cite not but, you know, Key and Peel, Dave Chappelle and the Boondocks writers who will all happily agree oh. that there are problems with black culture in America and anyone who denies sure. this is delusional. Now as to what those problems are, I leave it entirely to their catalog of work. But if you're to complain about those things, you know, as many a white conservative do, it's kind of racist because the implication is often an essentialist one. It's not like, mm, you know, I hate it when black people do X or Y, and that's why I want to fight against the socioeconomic forces that lead to income inequality, which is the reason why this tends to happen. It's always, I hate it when black people do X and Y, beat, end. And the implication people will draw from that is always black people are bad. And the only issue I have with complaining about white people, and again, we're talking about a much lower level of social harm, much lower, almost incomparably lower. But I think essentialism is bad here too sometimes, because if your issues with white people are like white people are chauvinist, elitist, and you know patronizingly paternalistic when they deal with racial issues because of a history of white supremacy that they internalize, go for it. That's totally true. But there are people who will say, you know, white people are like this and it's kind of open, right? And I think that could be uh, kind of bad. Well, let me explain that. Let me explain that. Like, so like, uh, it's kind of like, this is another thing is, uh, um, stay in your lane or hold on. I wrote it down in my notes for this specifically because it's something that, okay, this is, oh, that's right. This isn't for you. Yeah, sorry about that. This isn't for you. Okay. So, Online, we share a space with everybody, you know, but sometimes when black people are trying to give a message to black people, because it's a predominantly white space, uh, you know, that we can't X white people out of, you know, white people feel a need to kind of give their input on certain things. So I noticed this really early on one time where before I was even like a, a leftist, like before even even the Bernie crat, I remember I got really annoyed online one time because somebody was trying to discuss uh, uh, black entertainment television. right? And they're trying to discuss black entertainment television and, and stuff like that, or uh, trying to discuss, or another example is they're trying to discuss like, oh, rap as a black music form. And white people will kind of like flood the comment sections and be like, how is rap a black music form? Or how is this a, a issue? Or like, let's say somebody says, black girls are beautiful. Black girls have beautiful hair, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Then of course you have your all girls have beautiful hair why do you have to make it about race you know so like i feel like that sometimes when people are trying to speak generally they're kind of like speaking to people that kind of they suppose share their experience who kind of have a common understanding of the social context behind it but i don't think that a, a white supremacist or a conservative who complains about black culture is doing the same thing because they're are making it essentialist. Their common understanding with other people is that, yes, this is an essential characteristic of black people. And that's what they're all getting in on. But when a black person says, like, man, white people are annoying, I think that they're, I mean, you can make the argument that they need to be more clear about it. But I think that when black people say, they say, like, white people are annoying, they're kind of understanding that, like, obviously it's not an essential thing, but it is a cultural thing, you know? Like, is it? 
Because, again, yeah. I say white people are annoying, but I don't think that, like, prejudiced thinking is actually that much more common across racial groups. I just think that social harm and the types tend to vary. Because if you look at, for example, whether or not you support interracial marriage, there are a lot of old black people who don't want their kids marrying white folks, right? And that's pretty weird. Um, which is pretty weird, you know? Um, you because yeah, you can talk can, about like yeah. preserving culture all you want, but not wanting miscegenation is like one of the most it's, it's racist things. It's actually more things. of an economical thing. When my mom, I remember my mom gave me this. I'm not particularly like um, no, I don't have like a. I know that it's it's like a weird thing, but like there's some black dudes who have like a really really like white women. I never understood. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my mom, she, uh, I guess maybe she thought this about me, but she was, like, telling me right before I went off to college, she was saying that, hey, Nicholas, don't go out and be with a white girl. And I'm not really particularly interested in that, but my mom was like, <laughs> my mom was like, oh, but I was like, well, mom, why? Why can't I be with whoever I want to be? She's like, because a white woman will take our money, you know, take our, our, our generational wealth that we can tribute and give it to her mixed children who will go be with more white people and it's kind of taking things away from it and when my mom says something like that i see it as a very from coming from a very hurt you know what i'm saying like it's, standpoint. that's that's racist you see how that's like huh well that's racist that's your, oh, your wait, mom's wait, wait. racist it, it, oh, it, of course she is it coming from her doesn't it, change that that's literally like so th this is the issue, oh, oh. right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Again, okay. it's, okay. it doesn't need to be like a, a personal okay. interplay or anything. It's just like, yeah. that is racism. I, I don't subscribe oh. to the school of thought where like, it's okay to be prejudiced and do all the racist things if you're the oppressed group. Because um, I think a lot of these things are cyclical and I think a lot of the oh. underlying components of racism can only really be broken when everyone adop adopts a more liberal mindset. It's not just about economic parity. You need to have everyone on board with this sort of liberal, race-neutral um, set of values. And and attitudes like that are directly antithetical to that, right? Yeah, but it's like, um, when you kind of, I guess, put it into context, uh, with, it's like, I don't know, it's, it seems like more understandable to me that somebody is worried about something like that rather than somebody saying like uh, mexican people for example have this thing like viva la raza where they say you know we have to preserve the color of our race and the more white you are the more uh you know human you are basically you know and we have to make sure that we are keeping ourselves white it's different from kind of like the the fear of saying i don't want you know what i'm saying all of the things that we worked hard to get to be seated away and they're it does not, it is wait, racist they're not it is seated, harmful they're not seated away just because they go to children whose skin are lighter than you yeah yeah no i'm not, well um i'm sorry what's the definition of seated well they don't i mean the the same i, I might have misspoke i didn't mean to well, say no, like, the, if, the, it, if it means like stolen i'm not no no no, that. no just, just the same that. amount of money is still going to your children if you have half yeah. black or half white children they're still your children yeah. they go to your children yeah. I mean, like you can you can explain racism as economic anxiety, but I'll still say it's racist when like white workers in the South are afraid of like Mexicans stealing their jobs or whatever. Like even if it comes oh. from legitimate economic anxiety, um, I don't think like yeah. I guess I guess at the end of the day, the issue that I have is 
I, I, I don't think there's much like practical utility to distinguishing between these kinds of racisms outside of one being systemic and one being not. I don't think there's any systemic racism that's anti-white, or at least if there is, it's marginal. Um, and there is certainly a lot of anti-black systemic racism, but I feel like it, I, I feel like any opposition done here should be an opposition to racism broadly, because otherwise you're fighting a very weird, very arbitrary, very self-defeating kind of battle where you have to simultaneously advocate for like this progressive race neutral we're all equal attitude and then like next to you are black people trashing white people and saying you shouldn't have your kids marry white people and we have to be like well okay that's different because they're black like, like oh, we should definitely disagree we should disagree we should disagree with that like wholeheartedly and i do disagree with my mom you know what i'm saying on that I'm saying that, like, there has to be kind of, in my opinion, I think there has to be a difference between how we react to this. Like, even among, like, trailer, you know, uh, people who live in, like, trailer parks and stuff like that, their racism is going to be, uh, to me, a little bit more receptive and understandable. The QAnon shit and all that is going to be more acceptable and understandable than a white suburban person being, like, racist for, like, no reason at all or like it just kind of like some weird pseudoscience shit you know like the economic anxiety that the white worker kind of feels from like mexican immigration is something that i can be more sympathetic to even if i have to disagree with it i can understand and see the where that's coming from at least and kind of address it but you know i think that there's a big difference between that and, let's say you know a white person who very rich you know what i'm saying and it just hates black people for some weird reasons you know do you, do you, yeah sure you know what I'm saying? in terms of the harm done yeah but you know still both I, racist though, well right well in terms of like oppositional efforts i feel like it's important to sort of categorically reject them on, on both hands i the only the only point i want to get at here is that i feel like you can do so without invoking a kind of weird paternalistic white chauvinism if anything i feel like the least paternalistic road that you can go as a white person is this road because it does come off as kind of paternalistic to go like oh well that's black people's racism and like it doesn't harm anyone so like whatever like there's a kind of inherent disempowerment to that uh -huh. that yeah. feels weird to me and and i i think i think it can harm people too in large part because historically anti-white black people have been used as weapons by white supremacists in order to further drive schisms in racial equality movements. So you had Marcus Garvey working with the Ku Klux Klan back at the turn of the century, you know, and you had oh. like a Nation of Islam types who were essentially like sabotaging racial equality yeah. for a time in the 60s up until now. Um, Lu Luis Farrakhan is simultaneously an advocate for conservative policy and also a beacon of, you know, black intolerance conservatives can point at to justify, uh, you know, hateful policies they put forward. It, it's just, it's, it's a bad front. So I, I think it's okay to push back against that. And I think that no name shit was kind of bordering that. So, you know, I mean, she'll survive me. Yeah, it's complaining a, it, it's about just like, like I said, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying like, it's how we disagree about it you know that's all i'm saying is that uh especially because it's something that you're going to have to contend with if you're going to go into these neighborhoods and organize which you agree is essential right well, well yeah you gotta gotta do work yeah like you you have to go to the ghetto and you're gonna come across a lot of fucking racist black people like no doubt like i'm sorry uh black people are racist as shit and it's very annoying you know homophobic racist all the things you say you know what i'm saying like they are conservatives in a lot of ways, and you have to be 
very against that stuff, but you also have to not be so against it to where you say, fuck the ghetto. I'm never going there again. I'm not going to deal with these people. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of like throw them away. And I, I feel like that's the same thing that kind of goes on with like poor white people as well, poor anybody. You know, it's just, I, I think that a lot of that stuff comes from like a lot of misplaced hurt and misinformation that is being, you know, doled out to some very people, so some people who are just bit down on their luck, you know? So it, it's, it's just like one of those things, you know, but I don't think that like, of course, no, you shouldn't just say, oh, well, if a black person has that opinion, that's okay. Okay. And I don't yeah, think that's stupid. No, no, I, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't think we disagree that much. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for blood or anything. It's just, this is always a thin line to walk. Um, I, I just, I feel like a lot of white people and the online left have become really bad advocates for um, a lot of black or like racial issues because they're so hands-off that they either don't speak in it at all or when they do speak on it they do so in this chiding very easy to attack from a conservative perspective not my lane not my talk kind of attitude which is yeah. really bad is not only really bad at as is incapable of convincing anyone new and doesn't really do yeah. much other than like allow the white people watching to like pat themselves on the back for being the bestest allies who would never ever 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 interrupt a black person during an imaginary like social justice meeting that they don't have because they don't leave the house and it, it, one thing i would like to give to to any of those people who might be watching you know what i'm saying who who feel uh they can't speak on these issues black, i mean uh black racism racism that emanates from the black community or at least reverberates there uh is harmful to black people as well obviously like it's not just like that the it's you could make the argument that like yeah it gives a lot of harm it doesn't give that much harm systemically but like i think it does like for me at least when i was growing up there was a big thing when i when i was in elementary school i'm autistic um and uh, you know i was in talented and gifted i was in a lot of shit you know and people would always call me white and you know call me gay and like all this other type of stuff that kind of is know black people trying to draw that line and distinction between themselves and white people uh and and that's very harmful you know what i'm saying to somebody's ability to want to learn and, and do things you know yeah, when, yeah, so yeah that's true and, and yeah, yeah and the anti-white stuff tends to come out in like a uh, colorism as well where like yeah, uh darker yeah. medium tone black people will give like shit to white like light tone people or whatever and you get yeah. there's a lot of really weird like mixed race eugenics shit that goes in there too where there will be like advocates yeah, yeah, for black yeah. people yeah yeah and they'll be like yeah yeah dude we super care about black people and they're like well what about what about mixed race people and they'll be like fuck, fuck those man. guys <laughs> yeah yeah um that's yeah. not good yeah it's 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 nice when you're like playing the dozens and everybody's cool you know your cousins or whatever but it's not yeah you shouldn't yeah there was this girl oh my god there was this girl when i was in high school she was like from canada or some shit but she was like really really dark skinned and i remember she said something horrible to this light-skinned black girl in my grade and she was saying that like oh your grandparents were raped you know what i'm saying and, and they should you know what i'm saying you're not a part of you know this community she was also happened to be you know uh, surprise surprise a big homophobe you know what i'm saying wow. so like that stuff really you know goes hand in hand you have to be very careful about that but going back to the point that i'm trying to make if you're going into a black community you know i'm not saying that you shouldn't be there but I, I would say that, you know, give some love to the white poor communities, too, because I don't I know one white organization, leftist organization that deals with like rural area. That's it. I know like 10 that deal with like the black ghettos and stuff. 
So what I would say is just like when you're going into these different places, you know what I'm saying? You have to practice courtesy, politeness, patience, and don't be super antagonistic. Pay bro. Oh yeah, of course. If you you're yeah, if you're doing <laughs> if you're doing any kind of advocacy work or anything like that, then you don't have any room to engage in that behavior at all whatsoever. Um, it's 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 very goal oriented. Leave aside the ego, everything else. But I'll I'll talk about that in the um in the, in the months that lead up to the the efforts. I've I think we have a lot to look forward to. Let's see if I actually visit yeah. Texas. Anyway, well, um, I feel. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel a lot more uh, assured and, and comfortable with you, and I think that this is a good conversation, so thank you for having it with me. The pleasure was mine. Thank you for coming on. For sure. All right, well, uh, bye, chat. See y'all later. They say bye to you, too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, that's nice. We had a good conversation. <laughs> always, always a bit of a coin flip with those, isn't it? That was nice. Ended better than began. Uh, the issue is like these these topics are always going to be really really tricky because it's like um, there's there's kind of like an ouroboros of of topics that you can address with things like this because anti black sentiment is way more harmful than anti white sentiment in America and basically everywhere else like massively so like massively 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 so you know. Um, and and you have to acknowledge that. Um, I just think that it's generally easier to oppose racism like as a front rather than be like, well, we have to focus most on the systemic part, but like the other parts aren't as bad or whatever. Because there are parts, there are instances where the not as bad racism can be a lot worse than you think it can. Like how a lot of anti-white sentiment in the black community comes out as hatred towards mixed-race people, or how anti-male sentiment in the feminist community turned into TERFs and they became anti-trans women because that's what happens when you're essentialist. Essentialism is bad, always. Um, the only thing we should be essentialist about is me, in that I'm essentially a, a good live streamer. Um, uh, you, you, you get me. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, so... so I think it's 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 more important to you have to oppose it on a front, I think. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just I just think that works better. But it's it's always the back and forth, like, well, don't you think you're over fixating on black racism and something like that? I the the issue is like oftentimes hey shoe, oftentimes um what comes off as more prominent or more present on my streams is going to come down to who like emails me right like if i get five emails from kind of like anti-white black people and then i have them on and we do that whole arc like i am massively overrepresenting the issue right like if i was to fairly represent this issue relative like to like social harm it would be like 99 white supremacists and then one black supremacist maybe even that might be slanted on in white supremacy does almost incalculably more damage so i feel like but you know i i get the convos that i get and i'm happy to talk about what i talk about so um yeah i don't know it's just chat please please always keep in mind um that regardless of what we talk about here like the problems we talk about here are not reflective of like the general problems people experience okay like tankies are not the big problem america's facing okay um 
you know, it, now I don't think it's all online bullshit. I just think it's skewed. It, it, there's a there's a balance there. It's not that it's not real. It exists. It's just it's always going to be filtered through the types of content that I enjoy talking about, especially since you have to keep in mind novelty is a factor because I would get bored doing nothing but talking about the most important issues, which would probably be like climate change. Like if all the things I talked about were proportioned perfectly to how harmful they were, it would mostly be like climate change, but I'm not like a scientist. So it would just maybe reading articles on it would be kind of boring and repetitive. And I'm happy to touch on more diverse topics here because my goal is to give you arguments to help you deal with any bad things you come across. Yeah, exactly, Shu. Shu says, this was the problem I had when I covered SJWs. People started to assume they're like the biggest issue and they're not. They're just annoying and fun to cover. That's why I always advocate you have to make videos on or do content for affirmative, positive things that you want rather than just the things that you oppose. Because if I made videos exclusively on the things that I dislike, you guys would probably think, based on the videos I produce, that the main problem facing America is anime culture and Final Fantasy XIV, uh, you know, fans. Uh, which would give you a, a somewhat biased perspective on, you know, the politics at hand. You, you, you have to make affirmative cases. And this was the issue with the whole skeptic community as well, because they pretended to be like, oh yeah, we're classical liberals. We're classical liberals. We're, we're fe fe feminists, egalitarians, actually. We're like being a super feminist, right? Right, right, you know? Um, but like all they did was videos on how blue hairs are destroying America. And then like five years later, now Sargon, the Jewish question of Akkad is like basically a neo-Nazi and the rest of them are either Nazis or somewhere in between being a reactionary and a Nazi, except for a few of them. I think Thunderfoot got out of the movement. Uh, Shuan Head is, of course, a communist. Uh, you know, some, some people got out, but yeah. You'll, you'll, you will generally notice that the worst uh, political content creators are the ones that only ever are like argue against people they hate. Jimmy Dore is a great example. Go watch Jimmy Dore's live streams or watch his videos. 99.9% attacking the people he doesn't like. And oh, he's left-leaning in spite of the fact that he only attacks left-leaning people, you know. Uh, Sargon was the same way. Destiny these days, I think, does this more than he used to. Um, you know, I, I think it's a sign of, of political decay. Uh, that you're, you're, you're energized mostly by hatred towards groups you don't like, rather than, uh, a, you know, a, a, a conviction in the things that you do like, which is, of course, what, you know, what everyone should have, ideally. Um, exactly, Shu. Well, on the plus side, Shu, you throwing them for a loop with that definitely uh, made a lot of people angry in a very funny way uh, with the Bernie support. So, you know, that was good.